Hey, everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters. Keep an eye on your nickels and dimes, and the dollars will take care of themselves. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking this uh, morning? Good, Matt. Yeah. Good. Just got, uh, got my water going on a little early today. Just water? But, uh, no Nutribullet? No, no Nutribullet. I actually had eggs and Canadian bacon. I'm trying to be you know, healthy. Uh. It's, it's not all egg whites, but it's mostly... You know, I gotta have a little bit of the tasty part of the egg in there. Yeah, well, you were being healthy this morning. I ate a very, very salty uh, Pre- <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, breakfast burrito from Wawa. So, yeah, I, I ran know, out. I ran out of good food. I've never had a. a first of all, breakfast burrito sounds awesome. But it is awesome. Wawa. Uh, I never had though. Do you, do you have Wawas near you? No, no, no. We're, we're not in the south. Oh, that's not. Well, no, they're Pennsylvania based. Come on, dog. Come on. Uh, so I'm also <laughs> drinking uh, some Starbucks that I got from Barnes & Noble. Uh, all right. So anyway, moving on. Today's catchphrase is keep your eyes on your nickels and dimes and the dollars will take care of themselves. And that was sent in by William via email. Thank you, William, for that. Very, very nice. You can send your catchphrases into Twitter. Our Twitter account is at Money Matters Man. And let's uh, let's dive into it. We have a guest on the show today. We have Grant Peel, who is the director of a movie, a documentary called I'm Fine, Thanks. And it's a feature-length documentary about a crew of filmmakers who crisscrossed the country talking to everyday people about how they fell into the lives of complacency. And most importantly, what they did to change their lives and create their own path to happiness. It made me cry. It made Andrew cry, and I literally took that directly off the website. Grant, how are you this morning? Hey, man. I'm awesome. Uh, Excited to be with you. Excellent. What are you drinking? Uh... Well, in the spirit of the show, I thought about eggs and kegs, uh, <laughs> but I, 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 I have some responsibilities today, so I'm sure. having some uh, fair trade coffee. Ooh. Yeah. Is it dark? So, is it light? Is it medium? It, no, it's definitely a, a dark roast, and it's a uh, French press. So, oh. you know, a couple, couple things about that. One, uh, the studio that I've done so much work with recently uh, is in Portland, mm. and when you spend any amount of time in Portland, you come away a coffee snob. You come away uh, a Stumptown snob, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, or, or Kova, or <sighs> like these real small boutique, like handmade, you know, straight out of Portlandia. Like it is straight, right, right, uh, right. real, right? Um, so anyway, so yeah, I've done that. And then the, the doc that I've re- worked on more recently now has me really conscious about the sourcing of my products, especially coffee. So that's the whole, the whole tie-in to fair trade. What's the doc you're working on now? Well, okay, so the most recent one that I completed is one entitled Hashtag Stand With Me, mm-hmm. uh, about a little nine-year-old girl out of the Marin County Bay Area who's using lemonade to end child slavery. Wow, and, really? Uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty awesome. She saw a photograph from a world-class photographer, Lisa Christine, and that photograph uh, inspired her to want to raise enough money to free 500 kids from slavery. And uh, the only way that she knew how to raise money was through lemonade. And so she started a lemonade stand. Uh, things weren't going very well, uh, and she changed her business model from $2 a glass to pay what's in your heart. My lemonade is free. Wow. And uh, after 173 consecutive days of making a stand, uh, she met her initial goal. And uh, on day 174, her parents said, what next? She said, well, is slavery done? And they said, no. And she said, well, then I'm not done. Whoa. So she made 365 consecutive stands. Uh, they've since bottled her lemonade. They've started a social purpose company. They've now created a uh, crowdfunding app that helps you raise money for whatever uh, cause is special to your heart. And uh, she was uh, one of the people who were invited to ring the bell the morning of Twitter's IPO. Patrick Stewart herself and the communications director for the city of Boston. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's a pretty little remarkable story. She's our spoonful of sugar into a topic that's you know a pretty uh, a rather large big bad beast. But yeah, uh, the message of the doc is that if we all ask to know where our products came from, uh, then we can we could eliminate slavery wow. uh, worldwide. So yeah, it's, where's she uh, from? It's a, cool. She's from uh, Marin, uh, oh. Marin County, Fairfax, California. Interestingly. Yeah. Now, you think that you, I mean, how many docs have you done now? So those, I've completed two feature-length docs, uh, the first of which was I'm Fine Thanks, and then this one is uh, hashtag Stand With Me, and I co-directed Stand With Me uh, and did that work um, with a studio called Still Motion out of Portland, Oregon. Yeah, okay, and and what's the next one you're you're working on? Well, the, the next one is um, not un, undetermined at the moment, mm. so uh, in between large projects, doing uh, smaller, uh, you know, documentary series uh, kind of stuff, uh, just came off the road uh, having done some work for Univision, uh, the large television channel, uh, again through Still Motion, um, and uh, highlighting youth movements, uh, technology, and uh, progress. Uh, and so I had the pleasure of going to Hong Kong mm. and being a part of Occupy Central and um, visiting and interviewing Alex Chow, one of the, the student leaders there, and then went to, uh, on the heels of that, went to Ferguson and met with um, Ashley Yates, who's one of the leaders uh, in the movement in, oh, wow. in, in Ferguson. Yeah, so uh, that, that it was about three weeks ago. And then just came off the road yesterday uh, for a piece that's going to um, tease in the Army-Navy football game on CBS uh, where there's a, a gentleman, Mike Vitti, who's um, walking the country in support of Gold Star families. Uh, so these are families who've lost a loved one uh, mm-hmm. in the war against terror. So he's walking a kilometer for every life lost, 6,835 uh, wow. kilometers in total, Seattle to San Diego. And then we were with him um, – uh, in Savannah, Georgia, uh, when he had made it from the West Coast to the East Coast, and we saw him dive into the ocean, wow. uh, which was pretty significant and a milestone what he's doing. So, yeah, I've had the pleasure of just working on some really incredible stories recently. So are you doing what you love? I am doing what I love, uh, unquestionably. And it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a big shift from uh, where I was before. Not that I found that you know I, I wasn't doing work that was connected, but it certainly wasn't in keeping with, you know, the fiber of who I found or identified myself to be. Right. And I want to, I want to go in on that too. Do you think I'm fine? Thanks. Kind of ironically or coincidentally uh, allowed you to, to do what you love. I think it was tremendously purposeful <laughs> that it was the vehicle. It was my line in the sand. Okay. Right? It was that moment of, okay, uh, I, I can no longer allow myself to not pursue this if I'm going to be true to who I am in this life. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, if I'm not going to model the behavior that creates the lifestyle that I want for my boys. Yeah. But before we go like into what I'm fine thanks is and the whole piece there, could you maybe like tell us what brought you to that point where you drew the line in the sand? Yeah, sure. So I've been very um, uh, two two threads in my life have been very true. One is that I've always been um, tremendously connected to the arts. Um, and the second is that I've always been, um, a bit of an independent or entrepreneurial soul. Um, and so, you know, I always kind of, I always find the rules, uh, as quickly as I can so that I know which ones I can break. Um, and so I went to college as a theater major. I left there and then never had the balls to move to New York or LA and pursue an acting (laughs) career. You know what I mean? It just didn't. Um, uh, but I also knew that I didn't want to raise a family in either of those environments. Um, and mm. so I was really conflicted, right? I was conflicted with the idea that 
that the only way that you could make it in that business was to move to LA or New York. And I really wanted a family and I wasn't willing to try to raise them in either of those two environments. So, um, and specifically as it relates to the entertainment industry within those environments. Um, and so, you know, I just felt like, um, you know, what do I do? So, um, I got engaged, uh, and um, we determined that family was a priority for us. And she was um, from a, a suburb of Cowtown, if that's possible, because uh, I'm from a community of only 10,000 people and her community is even smaller. But uh, she lives 20 minutes away from here. So as a result of that, we decided that Ohio was going to be home base and we could afford to travel to what other destinations or excitement in life was going to be from here. Um, so as a result of that, I just became real entrepreneurial and I did some wild things. Um, at 25, I had a 20,000 square foot woodworking factory, and then September, you know, 9/11 happened, and we had 25% of the income that we had as a result of that. I became an auctioneer. Mm-hmm. I became a real estate um, uh, agent, and then I became a real estate investor. And it was a result of all of that and and my real estate investing that connected me with the blogging world. Um, I met Adam Baker. I met Pat Flynn. I met Steve Cam. I met all of these really incredible, awesome personalities. Um, through that, through some stuff I was doing there. And that opened my eyes to, Hey, listen, pal, you know, life can be so much bigger and broader than the way that maybe you had been embracing it before. Were you unhappy with the jobs that you had, like the woodworking and the, uh, yeah. yeah. And not, not in the, not in the sense of like, um, I'd say truly to the, to the definition of complacency, right? Like I was just okay with it. It wasn't mm-hmm. as if like, I, I, I didn't wake up dreading going into work every day. Okay. I didn't, right. I wasn't, yeah, I didn't feel, um, a victim of, of circumstance in that regard. Like where it was like, holy shit, I just have to go in today and this, you know, (laughs) my life sucks that way. No. Um, I was very blessed and privileged to be in a position where life was good, but it certainly wasn't. I I feel like here, here's maybe, and this is, this is a reflection that's happened as a result of the entire process itself. You know, two years removed from the the moment when we've released this movie to the world and, and all of that. And I realized that I'd just become too damn selfish to be happy. What do you right? mean? Like, like, well, meaning that life had become so routine and that I, I had in some way um, created an environment where I was trying to consume. I was trying to acquire, right? As opposed to put myself in a position where I was concerned about lifestyle. I was more concerned about creating things and, and you know, um, and acquiring and just doing what was expected of me as far as what the definition of cultural success and the expectations were but instead wh- of going, wait a minute, what do I want? What's good for my family? Yeah. But what, what, I mean, what got you into that rat race in the beginning? What do you think, uh, attributed to, Oh, you just, I'm a people pleaser, th- right? Like really? hey, okay. right out of the gate, like I'm, I'm a people and I'm also the dude who like, like, um, I was president of every organization in, co- in high school right. and college, right? So like you I do just, all like, like the right things. Oh my God. Everything. I mean, like, you know, it's obnoxious to look at like the, the list of the different groups, organizations, clubs, and you want a good transcripts. Yeah. Oh, it was unreal. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, so as a result of that, then what do you do? You just extend that. And then what happens is that the institutions are gone. You come out on your own, right? You leave high school, you leave college, like the structured institutions are gone, and now it's like, well, what what are the expectations of me? You know, what I mean, I don't have somebody who's looking out for me on a daily basis, trying to help me and guide me. Instead, I'm looking to you know, whatever magazine that has the yeah. the most you know the most glitzy uh, ad out there, and saying that this is what we should be aspiring to. That's the new playbook. You know, I'm going. Wait a minute. Like, 
reset. <laughs> right. And then, like, what I want to know is the transition from the this lifestyle that you had to I'm going to go do what I want to do and, and then having your family support that and how you – because that's a – I think that's a big thing. I mean, you have well, you have a, a family of four, right? Yeah. So, yeah, a wife and two boys. Uh-huh. So, at the time – I mean, when you went to go do this movie, which was, what, 40-something days? Yeah, we were 42 days on the road, and that was just for production. And then we got into post-production, and it was several more months. But you didn't know what was going to happen, right? You were just No way. Oh, right. I mean, that's the whole – so Baker and I are talking about, hey, man, I want to do something big. I want to pursue this. I need to be creative. He knew that I was an aspiring filmmaker, mm-hmm. and he kind of, you know – fostered that a little bit, um, fanned the spark that was there, whatever. And he's like, well, you know, what if we did a movie? I'm like, that would be amazing. And then, um, you know, I don't know, maybe two days later we had another conversation and that follow-up conversation was like, okay, let's do it. Um, Courtney's pregnant. Uh, she's due the first part of April. We do the reverse math and went, oh, wow, if we're going to make a movie, we need to uh, be on the road in less than three weeks from now. Hmm. Um, because you can't be gone beyond April 1st, basically. Right. Uh, Okay, great. So what's the movie going to be about? Well, you know what I mean? We started looking, you know. And wow, like, so you didn't oh, even have an idea before no, that. No, <laughs> no. That's the crazy thing. Like, you know, it was like, okay. And so, then, and so then he came over for a weekend and we sat down and we were like, okay, this is the story, right? We're going to do a story on complacency and we're going to, you know, we just started workshopping it. And, you know, when we left Wilmington, we didn't even know the people that we were going to visit in the large towns that we were going into. I mean, all of that was still being booked on the fly. And I mean, it was, it was very fly by the seat of your pants, man. I mean, it was just like, you know, let's do it. And then you went out and, and started filming. We did immediately. And, and well, I mean, first we thought let's do a Kickstarter campaign and run the, raise the money, right? Let's be responsible to this thing and let's, let's, let's do that. And then we filmed a Kickstarter application video <laughs> and shared it with a couple of friends and realized how shitty it was. <laughs> like this thing isn't going to raise any money. You know what I mean? It was like, I mean, imagine me saying to you, I've got this incredible story that we're going to go create a film about and I need your money so I can go do it. And I have zero footage that I can show you to say that we've, that, that, that you even have cameras, social proof. Right. Right. Yeah. Right? That, yeah I mean, you just, right. It's like, it's like trying to, you know, pitch the big movie from the, the executive's office on the second floor of universal. I know right. it happens, but my God, you know what I mean? Like that's, those guys are in it every day. I, sure. I can't convince my mom of that. Right. Which is your target audience and Kickstarter. So, so you got that, you know, you got that, <clears throat> that construct. We went, we just got to raise some private money, which we did. We went out on faith that we could get it completed. And then we'll do the Kickstarter campaign after we have footage and we can demonstrate what story we've captured and we just need your help to get it completed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, we just, it was a wing and a prayer, you know, it was like, let's, let's just figure this out as we go. And, uh, and, you know, and, and in hindsight, I feel like, you know, I'm pretty damn proud of what we put together, you know, under that set of circumstances. Interesting. And uh, Andrew, you you had uh, helped fund this Kickstarter, didn't you? Yeah. So I had found out about you guys from the Kickstarter. I guess I I was uh, kind of a Kickstarter stalker at the time. I just like browsing around on the site and saw it, watched the the video you guys have put up, was immediately moved. Uh, you know, and I think as, as most Kickstarter things happen, like you fund it. And then forget about it. And then all of a sudden, the final product shows up, and you're like, "Oh wow, this yeah, is great!" Right? <laughs> and so uh, I, you know, so I had donated, and I uh, I watched it with my wife, and and we both like cried, and it was just, uh, it was a very moving, very powerful movie. 
I appreciate um, that very much, man. I, thank you for catching the vision and supporting the Kickstarter campaign. I mean, that's significant, right? I mean, and we're just so grateful that people were willing to do that for us. So uh, kind of the question is, is because I think that the fact that you left what you were doing, one to pursue the dream, you know, and you got your wife and, and everyone in your, in your life to kind of put faith in you. Uh, were you able to turn this in? Like, how did you turn this into, uh, I don't know, your, your business and, and what then supports your family? Yeah. And that's a, that's a, a, I have a remarkable wife, one who understood, um, the gravity of my need to want to pursue this dream. And, you know, she had recognized the number of times where I had kind of swallowed, um, a choice to not pursue it. Right. I mean, we'd been mm -hmm. married 10 years at that point in time. And throughout those 10 years, there were a number of opportunities around, you know, kind of swallowing my artistic pursuits mm -hmm. in, you know, um, in the idea of being more responsible or trying to build that other dream. And so when, you know, I think it also helped that Baker caught the vision. And so it wasn't just me, <laughs> right. Who's on my own trying to say to her, <laughs> I'm going to go do this. Right. I had, I had his support and he had, um, demonstrated a, a tremendous amount of, um, of success in, you know, pursuing his dream already. And so I think that, that helped a lot, but since then, I mean, you know, it's life is not now a whole series of unicorns, puppy dogs, and Skittles. Right. Right. I mean, that's not the reality of my life right now. It'd I mean, be nice. Yeah. It would be incredible, right? <laughs> I mean, in a way it would be. And then on the other side of things, you know, it's the, the twilight zone where the character finds himself in the casino and he's gambling. And every single time he puts a quarter in the slot machine, he wins. Oh. And like again and again and again, every single time he places a bet, he wins. And um, this, is, this has happened just right after a death, right? And so he turns to the person next to him and he's like, he's like wow, he's like, this, this is not at all how I envisioned heaven to be. And the character, the other character turns back and goes, oh, you think this is heaven, <laughs> right? I don't think I've ever seen that. Right. One. I mean, can you imagine like, you know, if you think about it, you know, if everything you did, you know, it's the Midas touch. If everything you did was just, yeah, puppy dog skittles and rainbows, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't feel, um, it wouldn't feel the same. Yeah. Nothing would so, feel special. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So I don't mind the struggle. Uh, in fact, I, you know, I embrace it and, and, and it's, it's welcomed in a way. Um, it's, it's the poor decisions I've made that create the struggle you know, that deepens the struggle. Those are the things that I really ch am challenged with, right? Mm -hmm. Where the struggles are a result of a decision that I made or a poor choice or, or a mistake. Um, but aside from that, the good news is that these are the, these, I'm fighting the demons that I've chosen, right? These are my dragons, the dragons that I decided that I'm going to fight, not something that I just inherited hmm. out of expectation from somebody else or right out of, hmm. out of a, the idea that, that, you know, I, I guess that's, that's the difference is that now these dragons are mine. These are the dragons that I'm choosing to fight, and they're I my like opponent. That. Yeah, and, I, and, and so I've got more energy and, and more passion to fight these dragons, even if they're deeper or bigger, or you know, now they breathe fire and fly, and the other ones didn't. You know what I mean? Like it, You manifested um, them. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, so I'm still trying to figure out and, and find terra firma in, in my journey as an artist and being responsible to family, but... Um, thankfully, you know, um, I've been able to maintain that cause I still have, I, I you know, I, I guess I hadn't really shared the backstory in, in the idea that I'd gotten into real estate investing and had a portfolio of 
70 houses, rental homes, um, that I continue to have and that, you know, are, are, I need to continue to maintain and, and I have that team in place and, and those homes are not yet, they haven't yet turned the corner for what they will be one day. Mm -hmm. So it's not as if I've got this residual income, this passive income that's kicked off of these rental houses that I can use to pursue this art. It's quite the opposite, right? Now, not only am I responsible to the art and the family, but I'm also responsible to the rental homes because, you know, at best they're breaking even each month. Right. So, you know, so I've got, I now have two, um, major opponents that, that are part of what I'm doing. Um, but again, I don't mind that. You know what I mean? It's something that I'm, I'm learning and, and to manage and I'm learning a lot more about myself as a man, mm -hmm. um, and, and the skill sets and all of those things. So, you know, I, I'm not the, I'm not the poster child of, Hey, go pursue your passion and your dream and it'll all just work out. You know, that's right. not, that's not my story, but it is the story where I go, yeah, for the last four days, I've been up before 4 a.m. and have worked until 11 at night every single day in the pursuit of what I'm doing, and I've never been more happy to do that. Yeah, because you want to do that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so, this, so it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's important. The other thing that I'm learning as a result of this, too, is that the source of happiness as it relates to both professional and personal life for me is when I concentrate on creating and not on consuming. And I didn't know that at the time of the movie, or that would have been a stronger message in the documentary itself, mm -hmm. in I'm Fine Thanks. But I've identified it now. Because you can only be so... If I, if I put in front of you as much food as you can possibly eat, you know, I mean, and these places exist, right? Buffets, Golden Corrals, whatever. You don't sit there for 12 hours a day just relishing in all of that food. I don't care how good it is. But you can sit for 12 hours and completely lose yourself in creating an oil painting. Right. And every moment of those 12 hours is just magical. Time right? disappears. Right. What's the difference? Well, yeah. one is creating and one is consuming. We can only find happiness and consumption in short bursts of time. But you can find all kinds of bliss and happiness in creating mm -hmm. for magically extended periods of time. So – Grant, I, I can absolutely see that. And when, when I do listen Money Matters stuff, I kind of time fades away. And so I, I understand how um how fulfilling, you know, like the, the four AM to eleven PM is when you're creating. But my my question to you is how does that work in the larger perspective with your wife and family? Because yeah. I'm gonna say that the, the relationships like converse, like you would love to put, you know, 50 hours a day in and they would loathe that you put 50 hours a day in. Obviously yeah. knowing there's not 50 hours in a day, but. Yeah, 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 understood completely. So right now the balance for that is that most of those crazy hours happen when I'm in pursuit of a story and I'm not at home. So, you know, I, I like, for example, the most recent trip was, you know, a two day trip. Uh, of production. So mm -hmm. day, uh, evening of travel, I'm gone for two days, a morning of travel, and I'm home. And it's during that period of time that I'm doing those insane hours, 4 a.m. to 11 p.m. Mm. And then when I get home, I can do my best to become much more balanced in saying, okay, great. During the school hours and the boys are absent anyway, I'm at work. And then when we're home, we're home. Mm -hmm. You know, so that we can do, I want to do as much as I can. And, I, and again, I'm still, you know, I feel like I'm I'm learning this, this art of not being the guy that's at work 
feeling like I should be, I should be spending time with family. I should be well, spending time with family. And the moment I'm with family, I feel that obligation. I should be at work. I should be at work. You know, right? I, yeah. You do that. Yeah. I've recently uh, made that argument where it's, you know, this, this, this balance, right? Uh, and yes, you are an, you're an artist and you want to create things, but at the same time you have to, you have a family to feed, you have a family to be around. And there is an art in that and in, in finding that balance and, and keeping that, you know, going. And that in and of itself is a form of art. No question. Absolutely. It's a, and it's a muscle and it's discipline yeah. and it's right. It's, it's all of those things. Um, the other thing though, is that I'm finding that, my boys are of an age now where I'm investing them in, in the art of filmmaking and at whatever mm. interest level that they have. Sure. Without forcing. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I just kind of laid it out there and, you know, a model of my passion for it. And they're getting so excited to continue to want to do that. So, you know, in the evenings I can extend my day by pulling out the camera and the boys will be with me sure. making films for as, as long as I want. I mean, they'll, 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 you know, I'll tire before they do. Right um, of that, which is really cool. I mean, that's and that's that's the magic of what I'd always kind of hoped would be true. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing what projects we can get into together yeah. as a family as we move forward. Because the dream to me is, you know, uh, a sprinter van and the family in the sprinter van on the road in the pursuit of whatever story is next. Right. I think that's just you know, but that is, uh, that's a story in and of itself. Truly, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that just could be, oh, sublime. But, uh, you know, we're not there yet. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want to go back to, uh, to the movie for a second, the I'm Fine Thanks, and talk a little bit about um, what the movie is about. Because I want people to see this movie. I think that uh, listeners of the show would really like watching this because it has a lot to do with this, you know, finding the uh, – and, and, and you have Chris Gillibo in the film, right? We do. Yeah, uh-huh. and he has a book called The Art of Nonconformity, and I think that that's sort of what this, this – documentary is about yeah unquestionably okay uh, in a lot of ways it's it's about um we identified um adam put a, a, an all call out to his community and saying we want to we want to explore this idea complacency why is it we exchange our dreams for a scripted lifestyle the Does american dream with you the american dream right yeah the, the white picket fence you know 1.2 kids dog named spot sure minivans right that expectation of us and why do we why do we pursue that in exchange for the dreams that we may have which is what I had done. And, and we asked people, you know, where are you along, along that journey? Have you broken free from complacency or are you in the throes of complacency and, and, and identify where you are on that path? And as a result of that, then we had these conversations with people. And so we have a whole series of people who are living remarkable lives, you mm-hmm. know, who have broken free from the expectation or, or, or cultural norms and are doing something that's, that is certainly nonconformist. Um, and then there are others who are still in it um, and are are working to to find their way out, right? And I thought, you know, one of the things that I I because you 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 know you there's a lot of um, romanticism around. I don't know if that's a word. I I, I just made it up. Uh, there's a lot of romance. You can romanticize the idea of yeah, I don't want to work the nine to five in the cubicle. I want to go out and do this. You know, follow my passion. Be a woodworker. Be a uh, you know, a musician or, or whatever the case may be. And that doesn't work for everybody, nor does it work for the entire society. They're, they're, we need people uh, in cubicles. We need people who, you know, work on cars. We need people to do these, these you know, 
these these jobs. But I think that there's a message in you can still have a job like that. You can still have a nine to five, but you there's other places in your life that you can you don't have to conform to, like the idea of a materialism. So it's it, it may not necessarily be all about the job that you choose. It's more about how you choose to you know live the lifestyle outside of that work. That it's such a smart observation. You're absolutely right. There's no doubt about that. And Mike Rowe has an incredible uh, piece more recently where he's like, you know, you 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 choose your happiness um, outside of your job. Really, like you can do, you can have a sucky job and still be really happy in life. Right. You understand, you know, that you can. And and I and I totally agree with that as well. There's no question. And that's where, in hindsight, I'm, I'm finding that I'm developing the the greater idea that what I had done was I just flipped the creation and consumption model, right? Mm-hmm. And, and when we do that as a society, as we do that as a nation, when we do that as a culture, that's when we get in trouble. I mean, you know, America's creating a lot less than we used to, right? Oh, yeah. in, in terms of physical goods, and, and we see what that's doing to us um, as as an economy. So. You know, there's there's something to that idea that we need to be, you know, but it doesn't necessarily have to be in that nine to five that you're creating whatever it is that's resonating with your heart. Sure, it could be and, a hobby. You know, no question, absolutely. And truth be known, it's a more responsible way of getting to that goal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, is finding a way to 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 be in that position. The one thing that the movie doesn't do in um, great detail is it doesn't explain how. It is right. really more of an exploration on why. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was very purposeful because we felt like we can't give you too much medicine in one movie or, or you know, we're going to lose the storytelling nature of it. And, and yeah, it's not a how-to was, movie, yeah. No, it's not. It's, you know what I mean? And, and there are some docs that would do that, you know, in, in, in an effort to try to educate you, but those become a different, a different something. Sure. I'm really excited about exploring the how in, episodically, taking it to the next level, extending that narrative, right? Taking the I'm fine things and going, okay, great. Let's go visit with people who can share with us where they are in life, but then on the backside of that, we can sit and visit with them on some major key point lessons that they could share with the community on the how, mm-hmm. the brass tacks kind of thing. Because I think that's that's much more fitting to episodes, right? A journey over time that explores that how as opposed to you know 60 to 90 minutes that's going to try to give you all the answers. Um, and so we, we did avoid that purposefully. Instead, we just wanted to, you know, kind of hold a mirror up to you and say, you know, evaluate where you are and, and are you making a decision when you get up tomorrow morning to do something that um, is your decision or are you just living out the expectations of others? Mm-hmm. What do you think was the biggest lesson you learned from doing the movie or, or from the stories that you heard? Um, I would say that the, among the largest is that you're not alone in your fear that's holding you, you know, um, that's paralyzing you into making that decision to just, uh, I'm not going to pursue that because. Um, that's a universal fear. We all have that. And the people who were most happy were the people who found the courage to overcome that fear. And that on the backside of it, once again, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. There are a whole community of people who are on that journey against complacency and are, you know, completely willing to lock arm in arm with you and say, let's take this on. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I, I had a conversation with my mom last night, uh, kind of along the same topic, this fear, this fear that everyone has, right? And when you, when you sit there and decide like to yourself, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I'm not happy. You know, you're just frustrated, right? And it's all, 
and it ends up coming out in really bad ways. I mean, you, you internalize it at first and then sort of it works its way into maybe some, maybe like physical issues. Uh, cause it's certainly something that I went through with anxiety and things. And then the way you treat others in your relationship. But what is that? Like, th- is there, does there come a point where there's this, there's this weird breaking point where you just so frustrated that your brain all of a sudden says, all right, we need to find a way out and, oh, here's a way out, you know, or do you actually need to go out and and find help or I, I guess I don't you know the question being is is you say you're not you're you say we're not alone and, and you're right but how does somebody take that first little tiny step even if it's so small I would say that we are outliers in the opportunity that we have available to us today right are you familiar with Malcolm Gladwell's work and the whole idea of oh, outliers and right mm-hmm. yeah so you know when you think about you know the the pursuit of passion and the opportunity to to, to create income and sustainability for yourself doing something that's outside of the norm, the opportunity's never been greater than it is right now mm-hmm. because the internet has created access to information, communities, and support from people globally immediately from wherever you are. And so that, that's, that's a major culture shift from the idea that if you, know, you wanted to be an actor – uh, in the 1930s, you oh, couldn't yeah. do that from <laughs> right. Ohio. Right? Right, you right. just couldn't do it. And, and so because that barrier is removed, the thing that I would suggest to people is start online and start with Google. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you, know, like you want to find other like-minded people, they exist in droves in these communities online. And um, so that's what I would do is start with a Google search and reach out to people online and just say, Hi. I too am a brony. <laughs> right. Right. Like, right. You know, like that's the thing, right? I mean, that the brony yeah. documentary raised $350,000 online. I that, know. Right. You are not alone. <laughs> right. I don't care what you're into. <laughs> there is a community of people that will support you. Uh huh. Yeah. Know? And sometimes the more, the more, you know, bizarre, uh, bizarre, right. The, <laughs> right. The, the more passionate that community is. Yeah. That's yeah. that's awesome, and 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 speaking of the internet, I mean that's where you made your documentary, and that's how you started what you're doing right now. And and uh, for people to find this documentary, it's omfinethanksmovie.com, right? That is correct. Yep. And it's only five bucks. Yeah. Well, we were we were inspired by Louis C.K. and the whole idea yeah. of the DRM free model, and you know, straight to the to the people who are interested in your piece, and you know, whatever. And we just embraced it. We rolled with it. And is that something you're going to plan on doing? Uh, here on out or you're going to kind of jump around and do different things and test different models? Well, we're, we're definitely going to ha- be required to test different models. It's, you know, it's my, my inexperience, my naivete and, mm-hmm. and my optimism um, that often kind of, you know, leads to those kinds of decisions. And um, that means you have to create your own pond, right? Um, you have to find and identify the fish that want to swim with you when you do it that way because you're independent and you're out on your own. Whereas when um, you get onto the Netflix and the Hulus and the iTunes and the pre-existing platforms of that nature, there's enough demand and and there are platforms of um, being able to create social proof through reviews and things of that nature that are going to support your film. So while I'm an independent filmmaker and I completely embrace the idea of grassroots and, and doing all of those things, I also feel a responsibility in, in future projects to explore the new model with new distributors and right. Like I'm not looking for gatekeepers. I still want to remove the permission from somebody else. 
that's the old model, right? The old, the gatekeepers. I need permission for somebody else to say, yes, your movie's good enough. Go make it. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to be a part of the distribution and the process. What I, you know, but rather I do feel like, like I need to, to honor the idea that there are already pre-existing communities. Take your own message, Peel, right? Yeah. Like go in and find them and then say, Hey, I made this thing, you know, is it peanut butter to your chocolate? And you know, can, can we, can we put it on your platform? So that's the other thing that I, that, that I'm looking to do in future projects is just to be, you know, um, to embrace that, that opportunity a little more than I did the first time. Right. For sure. Yeah. And the, and the next project is hashtag stand with me. That's the name. Yeah. So hashtag stand with me, which is, you know, in the same model, stand with me movie.com. Okay. Um, and it's available currently for online rental. You can't purchase that film yet. Cause we're, we're learning, uh, from the, from the last, um, uh, iteration and uh, we're in talks with uh, some distributors and looking to get on iTunes and some things of that nature for the purchase side of things. Cool. Um, and then we're also using Tug, T-U-G-G dot com, um, which is uh, uh, a group that social proofs or social, I don't know what you say it, basically it's like crowdfunding theatrical release. So if you want to see the movie in your theater locally, you can Tug it. Oh, and as long as there's a, it's a tipping point platform. So as long as enough people express interest right. in coming to the movie, then it happens. Speaking of but, Mac and Gladwell again, yeah, exactly, exactly. And if there's not enough people, then it just doesn't happen. So it's binary. It's like Kickstarter. It's either an all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, if you want to see Stand with Me uh, on the big screen, which I recommend, it's 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 a gorgeous uh, piece of work um, because uh, I was in partnership with Still Motion. Um, which is, you know, an Emmy award-winning group of cinematographers. Yeah. And Patrick Moreau, mm-hmm. uh, the co-director, has just got an incredible um, uh, sense of of making beautiful images. Um, anyway, you can tug it. So T-U-G-G dot com and bring it to your own community. Cool. Uh, and where can people find you online, uh, just as Grant? It, it, he's just to meet me on Twitter, at Grant Peel. And uh, that's that I'm, I'm there occasionally. I do my best not to... to fall victim to hey this is what i'm having for lunch <laughs> right uh, on twitter but uh, i'm there and responsive cool uh so grant thank you so much for being on the show man man andrew Matt, thank you so much for having me yeah uh, fired up and excited to, to have been a part of it <laughs> yeah and i and i really want to uh send people to um fine thanks movie.com because uh andrew and i both watched it uh actually when it came out it came out what 2012 yes it yeah is. uh and it's just been you know it's something that i still have and I mean, Andrew's even donated to it, so it's something that I think, and it definitely, it was a movie that had came came out at the right time, especially for the both of us, uh, yeah. because it was right along, right around the time we were both like, okay, this is something that we want to do, and hey, there's a movie that talks about exactly what we want to do, and it just spoke <laughs> to us at that exact moment. So uh, I have to uh, say thank you, and I appreciate uh, what you did there. Hey, that fires me up, man. Awesome. It absolutely fires me up. I appreciate it. Cool. Well, guys, if you have any questions, you can email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And if you like this podcast, and we hope that you do, and you want to continue listening to it every single day, uh, you can go to uh, our, our website. It's listenmoneymatters.com slash show. Hit subscribe. Just whatever iTunes app or Stitcher app or Overcast or whatever app you listen to us on, you can just hit subscribe. That way you get it automatically downloaded at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every single day. And if you like, and if the show just blows you away or, or you hate it, whatever the, whatever the case is, leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And I'm going to read a, cr- a very quick review from Alimony from the United States. 
The title is Entertaining uh, Five Stars. This podcast is entertaining and informative. Good personal finance information is handed out. Does tend to go long frequently with the guys just talking, but it gives the it gives the feel of friends just sitting around talking finance, which is fun. I think this podcast is great for 20 to 40-year-olds out there who want to improve their personal finance. So thank you so much, Alimony, for that little short review. It's perfect, exactly what we want to hear. And you guys can go on to Stitcher or iTunes to leave those reviews for us and let us know that you did by sending us an email at listofmoneymatters at gmail.com and we will send you something right back like our book, Mastering Mint. Um, Go to our website, listofmoneymatters.com and check out our toolbox uh, where we're going to have all this stuff in here. We're going to put... Uh, we're going to put uh, I'm Fine Thanks the Movie in our toolbox for sure, which you can find at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. And I re- and you know I was talking to Darren last night, and he would said that he loved the financial rant hotline, Andrew. So Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, and he said he was, cr- <laughs> he was cracking up. So uh, with that in mind, I'm going to give out our number once again, and you guys can just give it a shout out. You know, just call it up. Whether you're in your car, I mean, don't be driving, but, you know, wherever you can. And, you know, tell us something that's been pissing you off about personal finance. Could be some fees that you in- induced, like I did recently, uh, from my bank. So you can go uh, call 856-818-3738. It's, again, that's 856-818-3738. And just leave a message. Tell us what you think. Uh, also, uh, I have to – we have so many things now to wrap up. Like I just have a list <laughs> that just keeps growing. Uh, we are part of a charity, uh, a charity fundraising event called the Texas Four Thousand uh, with the guys from Stacking Benjamins podcast, and we are in a competition to raise money for a couple of guys. Eh, about what was it, ninety guys or something? Yeah, ninety guys yeah. are going on a bike ride from Austin, Texas, all the way up to Anchorage, Alaska, to raise money for cancer research. And we are in a competition to see who can raise the most money, Listen Money Matters, or the Stacking Benjamins podcast. And I have a feeling that the Listen Money Matters podcast is going <laughs> to win this one. So go to listenmoneymatters.com slash Texas4000, type in Listen Money Matters, and donate whatever you can. Andrew and I have already donated, and we want to see that tally, and we'll, we'll give you the website where you can see those things tallying up soon once they get it up. So uh, I have to real quick give a shout out to Betterman. Thank you so much for being one of our sponsors. And again to Grant. Grant, thank you for being on the show again. And then appreciate it very much. Awesome. Thanks again for hanging out with us, guys. And we look forward to the next episode. So later. Later, man. Tell your friends about this show.